Your skin shivers and your spine crawls when ghosts come haunting in that moment you least expect. And this is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Ike, and with me, as always, is Jeff. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, Yeah, actually... Before we dive into this, I'd like to thank our patrons as usual. Um, yep, you know who you are. You know who you are, and it for the interaction that we get there, and uh, it allows us to do things like this and the website that we're building up bit and, by bit. Which, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. I, it's hopefully entertaining hyperboreanradio.com yeah. and if you want to support us or our work you can support us directly on spotify you can also do so on buy me a coffee and buy us a book or you can also back us on patreon and you can also follow us on telegram twitter currently known as x or is it the platform it, formerly known as yeah. twitter depends on if it's going by prince rules or normal people rules um, um you can oh, also follow us you on youtube and instagram and you Facebook. can also share us around. Yes, share us around. Which is very important right now. And feel free to rate us on Spotify. That does help the podcast get more it's eyes. Like all the buttons. You guys know how it is. All the buttons is. All the buttons is. The buttons right. are important. So if you haven't guessed, the title, uh, what we're talking about today is ghosts. Ooh, boo. Chain shrink. Chain shaking. Chain shaking. Um, so most people their immediate image of a ghost is going to be the the scooby-doo ghost mm -hmm. you know the the white bed sheet with the clanking chains and the boo the phantasm yes the, the uh, phantasm the apparition well we have a lot of different words for like ghosts and spirits and they're they're all a bit more specific and here's the beauty so many times when we have to talk about like a specific word or concept we have to be like no that's not it you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it, we are kind of saying that, but we're also not saying that because we still use it correctly in every sense of the word. It's just most people don't realize how it is that we how it is that we use it in everyday language. Well, the beauty of ghosts is it's not that's not it. This is what it is. It's yes, it's that and more. Yes. So let's start with the most basic ghosts, the bedsheet and the, the apparition with the bedsheet and the ghosts and the trying to find the pirate's gold and scare away the, the rascally teens and their dog. Um, the fun ghost. Yes. So the white sheet is actually, because before the white sheet came along, people were pretty much, the ghosts were depicted just like people, or sometimes they'd make them like monotone to or try and differentiate Actually, them. you know, like a thousand years ago, they was depicted much like we depict them today that, Ghost sheet thing was a brief interim that's come and left and come and left again. But if people are wondering where it came from, burial shroud. Yeah. It was a means of trying to differentiate the living from the dead, so you start putting the burial shroud over them because, well, if they show up wearing what they last what you last saw them in, well, they'd probably be in the burial shroud. Well, if you're not good at carving or painting uh, a human that you can see through, a burial shroud works. Yeah, and it... it it's not an invalid no. way of representing a ghost. It's perfectly valid. Perfectly valid. Now, Let's make bed sheets great again. Yes. Do, do the, the Charlie Brown thing and have way too many eyes. Make it Lovecraftian horror-esque. Yes. Um, and then my other bit of ghost trivia that I love is what boo actually means. Because oh, supposedly it means in Latin or a deriva der derivation of Latin, it means I'm yelling. 
So you have a person under a bed sheet just screaming at you. That's, I'm yelling. I'm yelling. That is fun. Now, the chains, I think, were just added to be creepy. The first time I kind of see that is like a Christmas carol. Yeah. Uh, that It might come from something older, kind of like a Christmas carol, but th that's like the base ghost. Yeah, I, I'm unfamiliar with the chains actually being pre-Christmas carol, and the way they used them is definitely Christmas carol, where each link is a representation of the sin of the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, and they, they he, Marley wasn't the only ghost in there, Yeah, but... This is actually a good segue because A Christmas Carol, yes, I know Halloween's coming up. We'll get into that. But um, A Christmas Carol actually uses ghost correctly mm -hmm. because you have the ghosts of Marley and all the other like lost souls. But then you also have the three ghosts of Christmas, ghost, ghost of Christmas past, ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. They are very obviously not just dead people. Yeah, I mean, they're both more and less. Um, another, because we all have ghosts. Um, some of the ghosts are rather haunting, and others are uplifting. What you do with them is actually kind of up to you. Well, and that's but the it's like another proper usage, and we use it today, the ghosts of the past. Um, so memory, whether it's a positive memory or a negative memory, we've all had we've all had it where we're sitting there, we're doing something, all of a sudden this intrusive thought pushes its way into our into our mind, and it's a memory of something either glorious or something absolutely horrendous. Staring at the molten slag, yes. forbidden French onion soup. These are our ghosts. Forgive the noise outside; uh, we cannot control that. No. Um, but. It's. I hope that they bang for like another hour out there. But uh, <laughs> these ghosts, they're memories, and they don't have to be bad memories. But everybody's had that breakup. Everybody's had that uh, that time when you had, I don't know, your favorite toy stolen and it broke your heart or whatever. But there's also the, the positive ghosts of when you went fishing with Grandpa or Dad taught you how to tie the fishing fly or uh, just a random stranger walked up and said, I love your beard. Well, and this is the thing is ghosts are a very broad category and they've been historically used for many, many different things. You brought up memories, which is kind of the main thing we want to talk about because that's the thing is the, the ghost of someone who's dead does not have to be a house spirit. That's making sure you turn off the darned lights, Barbara or, it doesn't have to be a, ooh, it can just be the memory, the, the after image. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is we're constantly haunted by our ghosts. We're haunted by the ex-wife that just left us in a complete mess. We're haunted by our father who was extremely caring and giving to us. We're haunted by that customer that comes around every once in a while. You know, the whole living rent-free in your head sort of thing. Yeah. And the thing is, is... This sounds kind of like, oh, that doesn't quite sound like a ghost. Okay. For anyone who has not seen someone for like five, six years, and then you finally see them again, you meet up, and they're never quite what you, they used to be. The person that you knew five to six years ago no longer exists. For all intents and purposes, they're dead. 
Now, whether or not you knew them when you were five and you're meeting when you're 11, or you knew them when you were 42 and you're meeting them when you're 48, nobody stays the exact same for six years. Mm -hmm. There is, we, we suffer, not suffer necessarily, but we endure and live through multiple deaths of ourselves. Right. Well, and then there's, there's actually a lot of different types of ghosts. Um, most of them are like neither good nor bad. One of the best concepts, I guess. Um, well, there's a few really good ones and they kind of have to go together. But like if you go to the diner, you and your friends, they go. you go to the diner, you have a meal, you joke, you laugh, you leave. Not only is that moment a ghost, the, uh, the diner that physically exists is also a ghost until you come back because it's a memory you you cannot uh, we're just incapable of it you cannot keep up with everything that's going on all the time so they might have uh while you is gone and, and this has happened to people before when you go back things have changed well you remembered a ghost it is memory well it's like um my hometown i haven't been back there in probably about five years now mm -hmm. The little bit I've heard about how it's changed, it doesn't look like it used to. They, they've built it up. It's more urbanized. And then the people that I knew there, they're not. They're either not there anymore or they're radically changed. Like my family, I don't tend to see them very often. So when I do see them, they don't look like they used to. You know, they might have longer hair. They might have had different personality traits or things happen when I wasn't there to experience it with them. Because when you're experiencing things with a person on a day-to-day, -day, you don't quite notice the subtle changes over time. Because it's it's like that whole thing of the guy that wore the red shirt that was a slightly different shade every day. So if you took if you looked at pictures, he wore a completely different shirt. But if you uh, lived with him or knew him every day, it was like he was wearing the same shirt every day. Every day, even though it was not. And the you only way that you can tell the difference is to skip time you don't notice the subtle changes well and none of this conversation is to take away from the importance of the now and well it makes me feel cut off if it makes you feel cut off that's on you because in reality it should actually make you feel more connected to everything it shows just how important ghosts are the the remembering the thinking the thought that goes into remembering into thinking forward because another type of ghost is, I'm so excited. What's that, uh, the thing that's going to be happening in Lansing? It's a Krampus something or There's other. There's a Krampus uh, run or a Krampus night uh, on December 9th, I believe. In, in Lansing, Michigan, which we're going to get involved with if everything goes right. You know, assuming the world doesn't blow up. Yeah, and if we don't, well, it was a ghost of something that right. might be. But it's a ghost because we're thinking about it. We're planning it. We're, we have ideas of what it might be, what might be going on. This is also a ghost. Ghosts don't have to live in the past. And ghosts don't have to be sad. They can be happy. And because we're all familiar with the past, the present, and the future. And really... The ghosts live everywhere except for the present. Ghosts are not limited by time, yes. essentially. Well, and another thing to bring up with this is the concept of where you live as ghosts. Because you brought it up with the diner. I brought it up with my hometown. But thing is, most people, especially with cars, cars have made this 
cars and uh, advanced transport have made this really, really pronounced. Mm-hmm. Most places people live, almost everywhere around them is a ghost. Like, I've never been to Washington. Uh, not Washington, D.C., but that, too, is a ghost because I haven't been there since I was in high school. But Washington, the state, I've never been there. I don't know what it looks like aside from pictures. It's an idea. It's an idea. It may as well, for all intents and purposes, to me, not exist. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it doesn't exist, but that, for all intents and purposes, the way my mind works... I can guarantee that it used to exist because I have been there. Yes. Does it still exist? I don't know. It's a ghost. And that's the thing is, places are ghosts, but it's, it's... it's more pronounced than just, well, Michigan, where we live, isn't a ghost because, you know, we live in Michigan. Yeah, except the thing is, is you and I, we really only experience a few places. Like, right. for instance, we have the neighborhood in which we live. And there are streets that we just never walk down because it's just houses and we don't know anyone down that way. So we never walk that way. Well, I started laughing because I thought when when we first sat down, I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be a really easy conversation, pretty straightforward. No, no, no we it's never our typical, absolutely massive conversation that we we have to kind of sort of pick through to be like, this is the thing. Please take this and go think about it. But <laughs> it's what we do. Also, please don't run off in the left field being all strange. Um, yes. But there's there's our things, too. Like we are ghosts. Yeah. We're not ghosts to each other because we're sitting here. Staring but we're ghosts at each other. to our audience. Yes, to you, the audience. We are ghosts. We're we're friendly, the friendly ghosts. ghosts. I hope um, we're the friendly ghosts, but we're still ghosts. Well, the and thing you is, you are ghosts to us. We we are assuming, and by numbers and plays and all this stuff, we have evidence that you exist. But in the end, you're actually still ghosts to us, not just ghosts. Because that belittles the term. But you are ghosts to us. For all intents and purposes. Ghosts that we care about. We watch our numbers and we're like, oh, yes, people are listening. They they like us or they hate us. or, And it's the same way with our online friends. Well, the thing is the online world is effectively a ghost world. And it's a, it's a carnival of ghosts because it's extremely entertaining. There's so many things, so many pretty lights. But... In the grand scheme of things, like that comment that you're arguing with someone on YouTube or this Twitter thread or stuff like that, it's not as impactful as if you had it in real life. Right. Well, and we even have stories, actually. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to relate to some stories that most people read, even because it still echoes into modern storytelling. You have somebody that's a friend with a ghost. This is like the, the internet um, um, friendship. It's a friend with a ghost. This doesn't mean it's without value. It used to be like uh, there was people, uh, what is, what's it called, pen pals. They never met each other. They was both ghosts to each other. But we have stories where uh, a guy or a woman befriends a ghost. And they have wonderful adventures and everything's all grand. But there is also the danger of placing too much value on that, as in rejecting the, the living life, rejecting the, the mortality of the situation in favor of spending time with that ghost. Or there's love stories the same way. And it doesn't mean that's not love, but in the end, when it comes to love, 
and that way because usually it'll be like a romantic story guy falls in love with this the the womanly ghost or the woman falls in love with the the man ghost and then they end up not living life which is usually the the moral of the story this doesn't mean don't have online friends because they can be dear friends but you have to understand they're way over there so you can only do so much well it's why all of the people that i've met online i typically recommend yes i like talking to you i like hanging out with you occasionally do not prioritize me over your real life yeah don't prioritize me over the friend that you can go play D D with or go shooting with or play kickball with i, I don't know what the kids do Just these sit days down and drink coffee and look into their eyes and have a conversation with it doesn't matter yeah. what the thing is but real life is ultimately more important we appreciate the time that that you take to spend with us listening to the podcast or reading the, the stuff that we put out but real life is ultimately what it's all about and we're all ghosts you're ghosts to us we're ghosts to you we can enjoy each other when nothing else is going on um like there's no problem with it in these stories where and this is usually how the friendship starts is the living character they they have a chaotic life and or a lonely lonely life and they're going about their day and then late at night when nothing else is going on and the voices in their head are too loud then the ghost appears and then they have their friendship that's the online circle there there's nothing wrong with it it's just you can't put that first well, you can enjoy the carnival of ghosts as much as you want, but if you have the option to go to a real carnival, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and So there's your life lesson of the day. <laughs> well, and I want to make it clear. We're not taking away the term ghosts as disembodied soul or spirits. Those are actually also ghosts. That's yes. the thing. Um, the, what people think of as ghosts, I would actually classify as phantasms. But they're still ghosts. Well, and ghosts has been used to mean things for a long time, to mean spirits, to mean, I guess, divine beings. Almost all phantasms are ghosts, but not all ghosts are phantasms. That's what I mean. That's the thing is these concepts can have very broad meanings. It's like um, the term elf. People use elf nowadays. They mean like the Tolkien elves or like mm -hmm. the, the night elves from World of Warcraft. Pointy-eared immortal magic beings, basically. Elf basically meant an unseen force. It refers to beings kind of in between the veil, but it eventually came to mean broad, more broadly it's been used for anything that you really can't see. So like house spirits, because they're typically not seen, mm -hmm. like they're, there's almost like a rule they're not supposed to be seen by mortals. Well, like even wind. Uh, I've read some, some, just, um, some old texts where it even describes wind as elf wind. It's elf wind because you can't see it. You can see the effect of it. You can feel it, but you can't see it. Yeah. So and that, that's one way that they was using the words, uh, I think, is like mid-1800s. It's, it's when poetic uh, description becomes literal description. Yeah. Much like ghost. But part of the reason I want to make it clear that ghosts are more than just either thing. They're not just spirits. They're not just ideas. They're, there's both. Yeah, there's the there's concept more. there. And that's the beauty of the word ghost is it's so broad. Like I've said before on this podcast and in my writings that the gods are among the greatest of our ghosts. It's true. 
And here's the thing is I'm not the first one to use it in that sort of terms because ghost basically just means idea, memory, spirit, something kind of ethereal, something that can haunt you, possess you. And that's the other thing is this was this is an incredibly important topic. And it's been known how important ghosts are to us for a long time. Like I know some people are like ghosts aren't that important. Yeah, yeah, they are. Right. The, all the ancestors, all the ideas, all the concepts, the gods, so many things. Well, and with Halloween coming up, we we've all heard the procession of spirits, the procession of ghosts, the parade of ghosts, the wild hunt. The it's a really important time of the year, both for the spirits that come back and forth across the veil like uh nicholas but it's also important it's an important time of remembering remembrance to use the fancy word that people love it's an important time of remembrance and thought and forethought oh yeah well and that's the other thing is what a lot of people haven't quite put together oh and if we're lucky uncle todd will show up and and he will i don't know play chess with us oh yeah well people have been taught to fear their dead why why would you fear the ghosts of your great-grandmother? Yeah. Did you fear them in life? Why would you fear them in death? Yeah. Well, and the thing that a lot of people forget is the veil is thinner. But the thing is, spirits can hop over the powerful ones at any time. Yeah. Like, Puck is not limited to only show up on Halloween. No, P- P- Puck shows up whenever Puck wants to show up. But So it's the, it's the more... Margaret, she might have to wait for the thinning of the veil to come across. Oh, yeah, and that's actually when there's there's stuff around Yuletide and, like, Halloween and stuff where, like, if you have a house spirit who is an ancestor, that's when they kind of swap out. Like, I'm done with this. It's your turn. Right. Well, and that's the, the reason for the uh, the lanterns because it wasn't always jack-o'-lanterns. We so, all know the pumpkin and the jack-o'-lantern weren't always around, nor was the turnip one, which is older, and or potatoes. I mean, we've used pretty much everything. But the idea of lanterns and torches and the light of the fire, it's a path saying, come here. It's the hearth fire. That's what we're offering as a hearth fire for them to come visit. Well, and the hearth fire is also the means through which it's really old that people used to think the spirits could come through that's why santa claus comes through the i know i'm using a lot of christmas stuff but there's a lot of christmas lore well, that's the christmas related. stuff is pretty blatant yes so like santa claus that's why he comes through the chimney right. it's a it's a path it's like a weak point in the veil basically where you can travel through realms well and there's some people that will they will claim oh the jack-o'-lanterns and these these ancient lanterns whether they were carved out of wood made out of iron or just simple torches and bonfires they were to keep away the evil spirits. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's say that you're a malevolent spirit and you see these lights and you know that those mortals who you absolutely hate and you just want to fuck with them, but all of their spiritual family is there because they've lit the way for their family saying, Hey, I'm here. Come on in. Let's have a good time. If you're that malevolent spirit, do you want to show up? So the people that are saying that, while the lanterns are to keep away the evil spirits, they're not wrong. They're just not right. Well, here's the thing is you would have to think all spirits are malevolent to assume that there aren't any that have your back, especially among your your honored and beloved dead. And the reason... 
And, re- and just because something is one thing doesn't mean it can't be the other thing either. No, and that's the thing. A lot of people want things to be either or. Mm-hmm. It's this or that. It's this or that. It. A lot of times it's actually this and that. And that's one of the things that makes ghost such a versatile, beautiful term. And there's the, the German word geist, which tends to maintain more of the less of the dead, it seems, and more of the, the spirit. So like a Volkgeist or a Zeitgeist, you know, Volkgeist, uh, spirit of the people. So like Wotan or a the spirit of Halloween. Yes. Well, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown pumpkin. Right. I don't know why I said pumpkin. Um, or uh, there's Zeitgeist, which is like the spirit of a time or an era or mm-hmm. place. So it's we still use it correctly. And, and that's why I say like, 100% correctly, by the way. Well, and the reason I bring up things like ghosts are not necessarily dead mm-hmm. is, for instance, you can be haunted by someone alive. In fact, sometimes those are the most vicious hauntings. Sometimes you are haunted by a bad relationship. Sometimes you're haunted by a failure. Sometimes you're haunted by a tragedy. Haunted so, by your bills. Haunted by the happy times. Mm-hmm. That can be the worst. When you have, when you despise so many things about your life, but there's this period you were truly happy, so you end up constantly comparing it and living in the past. Mm-hmm. You're living with your ghosts and letting your real which, life fall apart. Which is dangerous. It is. Whether it's it, because you're living online or you're living in the past, or you're living in a dream. Right. Like, never actually working towards a dream, but you sit there and dream all the time. Well, it's the, the danger of escapism. Yes. And that's the... Th- that's another thing. Here's another kind of ghost because their ideas and their spirits, they can also be historic and fictional characters because Napoleon is definitely a ghost. And so is Joan of Arc. So is Queen Elizabeth, George Queen Washington. Victoria, George Washington. He, this is actually something we do in our storytelling, at least in America, to this very day. You will deal with the ghosts Where you'll have like a main character who gets visited by the ghost of Thomas Jefferson, the ghost of Ben Franklin, the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, of Washington, Mm -hmm. of the Musketeers or whatever. And they behave much like gods or like the ghost of Elvis Presley. Right. It shows up a lot in our storytelling. And then you also have, along with the historic figures, you have the fictional characters. So you have like... Batman, Doctor Who, Superman, Yoda. Well, and we've seen, if not in real life, we've seen it online. We've seen ghosts of them, of people that take these things too far, where it's not that they, it's not because they dress in period clothes. It's because they hyper-focus on it so much that they don't live life. Or um, the, the fandom for, fuck it, Doctor Who. The fandom for Doctor Who, and then all they do is sit and obsess about Doctor Who. It becomes their whole personality. Right. Well, and that's where ghosts are dangerous. It can be, but there's also certain positives. Mm -hmm. Like, there are people that have taken to being, whether you view this as positive or negative, vigilantes because of superheroes. Yeah. Now, you can say this is positive or negative because it probably ends up being both, depending on the situation. I mean, there's even a whole... Uh, I guess it depends on where you're standing at. Well, it's like uh, Kick-Ass, yep. the, the movie Kick-Ass, how ridiculous that quickly turns into. But 
the reason I want to bring that up is because, like I was saying, where most places in the real world, whether you live in uh, Yorkshire or Boston, effectively are ghosts, is most people, if you ask them to describe, at least in America, Gotham, they could probably describe Gotham from the Batman comics in more detail, more accurately than they could somewhere in the real world that like they've only heard about. Yeah. Like, how many people who live in Seattle can accurately describe Tokyo? And not the fictional Tokyo, but actual Tokyo. Yeah, not the Tokyo that were presented online or on TV. Because people do. They, they put the, the best foot forward, which, let's be honest, is not the whole story. Reykjavik. Right. Describe Reykjavik. But people can describe Gotham. People can describe the inside of the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. People can describe the culture of Tolkien's elves better than they can probably describe the culture of Appalachia. So, a lot... I've mentioned this before as well, which is... To understand culture and history, sometimes you have to understand what the fiction or the, um, the stories were of the time. Because not all stories are fiction, but stories tend to affect people. Like... The story of King Arthur. Like, there are things that were built just because of the King Arthur stories. Now, whether you view those as fiction or myth, it doesn't quite matter. The effect in this situation is the same. So is... And then that's the other thing is eventually it's like... Is it a historic, a mythic, a fictional ghost? The effect in many cases can be the same. Well, and... I, I guess, really, overall, what we have to do is learn to appreciate appreciate our ghosts, both the ones that are less pleasant and the ones that are pleasant. But we have to not let them control us. And they can guide us. I mean, memory, if you remember past events or you remember a description of Tokyo, when it's viable, you can then use that memory to move forward. But we also have pre-planning. The dreams that, we, that we're that we pursuing, whether it's, uh, I don't know, going to Mars, you fucking freak. Or <laughs> or whether it's going to uh, London stand to see the actual English and the actual English um, um, landmarks. This requires forethought. It requires planning. This is also, it, it's a dream a dream it's a ghost that we're working towards making real well that's that's positive when you're working towards making it real well and you can have ghosts of perception as well mm -hmm. so for instance it's actually a joke how the british are seen in america and they're all very upper crust and very like posh and very proper and then where, you have where real uh, english are like hey bruv well that's the thing is then you have how England is seen in the rest of Europe, and it's like a drunken uh, hooligan bar yeah. brawl. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Now, the Irishman, of course, thinks the, the bruv is the far more accurate. And it's probably because I don't think there's quite as many posh noblemen as Downton Abbey would have Americans believe. No, it's, it's like in America. Uh, everybody thinks everybody in America is terribly rich and living in these huge flats in New York City working as a waitress in a, um, 
don't know. They think it's Friends, and we all know that's not well, the case. Well, and the most ridiculous things is there was actually a plot reason that Friends, that they had that apartment well, they, in They Friends. had to work it in because yeah. while people were it was like, going, people was like, but how and why? So they had to actually work it in. People was writing letters. That was back in the day when people Well, that's letters. why there's a fairy tale in New York, which shows up in movies and books and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, but ultimately, it's no less important. No, the and, idea of New York and actual New York are both important and both can affect you. Well, and I'm sure that there's some of the less clever out there saying, but ghosts, are they real or are they fiction? If you if you think about it, the answer is yes. Well, it's much like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people start calling the gods just archetypes because it tells me. They haven't actually read what archetypes are because, for one, Jung actually wrote the whole essay, Wotan, on, like, the possession of the Germans by Wotan. And he referred to Wotan not as a physical being that rode around, but as a archetype that specifically was part of the Germans and could take possession of them. However, he still described Wotan as a actual being. He just, from his perspective, was referring to him as a psychic being. And then here's the thing is, what the frick's the difference between, from our perspective, from a psychic being to a god that lives in another realm? In both cases, they don't tend to interact physically, but they can interact with the this realm through the use of another realm. Right Effectively, you're saying the same thing. You're just trying to sound smart. Well, and what people are trying to do ultimately when they're like but the gods are but archetypes they're trying to belittle them here's how you fuck those people up no the archetypes are reflections of the gods it doesn't matter really which way it goes but the the gods are like us refined so given enough time they do become archetypes it didn't go most likely, it did not go archetype first. I mean, imagine yourself sitting down, I don't know, 10,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago. Oh, gee, we need a hero. So let me figure out the archetype of a hero. Well, and then I will create a figure to fit the archetype. That's not how it works. And we all know it. When you say it out loud and you think about it, it's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. The figures came first, whether they were real people, whether they were uh, metaphors, it doesn't matter. They, they became gods, and then the archetype spawned from them. The archetype is merely a description, a, a loose description of a god, because we have more than one hero god. We have more than one brewing Trickster god. god. We have more than one hospitality god. We have more than one fire god, and on and on and on right. and on. So the god is not the archetype, and the archetype is not the god. They're... The, the God is the God, and the archetype is a reflection of the God. Does that make sense? Yes. The, the way I'm trying to explain it? Well, and part of the giveaway for this, and it's actually something Young even admitted, and I'm going with Young because he seems to be where most people are getting the whole archetype. Well, thing. and they're taking him out of context. Well, yeah, they, oh, they no one takes read. Young in context. I've never seen someone take Young in context. Most, most people haven't actually read the thing. They just repeat the quotes and then... Out of context. Out of context. And then look how smart I am. Yes. But Jung actually said the archetypes were specific to a people. Wotan was a uniquely German phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So this is part of what 
a lot of people can forget is sometimes ghosts are specific to a people. They are the, the Volkgeist. They are part of the ghosts of the people. You know, the, the ghosts of the English countryside, the ghosts of the American Revolution, etc., etc., etc. These are ghosts that we deal with on a daily well, basis. See, George Washington did not really exist. He is merely the archetype of the quintessential general and leader. Well, That's what they're saying. Well, it's like I've actually had people do this where I will tell them stories of Paul Bunyan. You're like, oh, it's like uh, Hathor, uh, the, the, the cow goddess from Egypt. And they're, I'm like, yeah, did, Hathor, did you just describe Babe the Big Blue Ox as a continuation of a Egyptian cow god? Are you hearing yourself? Say this again once more. And but listen. slowly. But, but slowly, slowly and listen to yourself this time. And it's part of why the the power of ghosts and why when people are like, oh, ghosts are irrational. No, ghosts are only irrational because you perceive the concept of a ghost as ridiculous with how you view the world. And or are irrational yourself. Well, most people are. People cloak themselves in rationality, but almost everyone's irrational. They make decisions based on Except emotion. Except for me, I'm perfect. Just ask me. I'll lie to you again. Yep. But, for instance, the, like you brought up George Washington. Well, we know George Washington existed. Did we? Do we? How about the if, George Washington that we know? Yeah, the George Washington we know is a mythic figure. Mm -hmm. The actual George Washington was a man, same I as you and me. I bet his poop stank. Yeah. Well, nobody imagines the mythic figures. Nobody thinks of Napoleon on the toilet. <laughs> the only reason people think of Elvis on the toilet is it's where he died. Or at least that's what they say where he died. Which and is then, why nobody wants to die that way. Well, and not only that, uh, Elvis is also uh, still alive, if you ask certain people. Right, right. He's immortal. You don't understand, man. Yes, he was He was a lizard man or something. They go on pilgrimage to pra uh, not but, praise land. Uh, man, I always forget the name of it. But yeah, uh, this is the season of ghosts and spirits. Geists and phantasms, and there was another great word. Apparition. Apparitions. And... We should embrace them. Embrace them for what they are. Some of them are just memories. Some of them are thoughts. Well, well and pretty much any ghost as we think of them are a memory. It's a memory of who they were. It's a it's a hope of what they can become. But we can see through them and how spooky and it's great. It's great. We should embrace that. Make your jack o' lanterns. Put out your your um. Your decorations, your bed sheet ghosts. I'm so happy. I've seen I've seen some places around here where they've gone all out. It's like I lower my head in shame. Oh yeah, <laughs> because oh. they went out so far. It was it's fantastic. Giant spiders in their yard and jack o' lanterns everywhere. It, it's fantastic, and I love it. And we need more of that. And uh, I I don't know. Uh, with the way society is now, the only way I can really think of to get people to participate is have a party at night, but don't have it inside. Uh, if you have to set up a tent outside and have a party outside and people that's walking by be like, hey, come on over. You want some punch or whatever? And we have to, as heathens, breathe life back into the season. I'm not the best example of this. I'm going to be honest. No, I well, wish I was. I but I struggle to do this. But if you got family or, or friends that you can do this stuff with, by all means, do it. Have a party, trick or treat, give out candy, go as far as you can. Be I the man I wish I could be, at least for Halloween. Right. And 
that's the other thing is the holidays themselves are ghosts. The the it's They're spirits. The, the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Halloween. I mean, we even have Easter. movies and stories about it, like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. which, yes, I know that that's like the, the Disney adult version for goths, but it's still a fairly good job. It does a fairly good job of depicting European storytelling. There are so many little nods to paganism and folklore in those in that movie. Well, and spirits can die. Like our gods, our gods can die. They don't die because we keep them alive. That's why we need to participate. That's why we need to remember. That's why we need to dream. We need to interact with our ghosts. We just can't be the ghost. Well, and then with the gods, there is the element of if you forget about them, they die. But then the question becomes... Are they dead or do they just no longer have access to us? And right. then the question becomes, what's the difference? Yeah. At for, a certain from our point, what does it matter? And that's, that's another thing is there's perspective. So when it comes to the gods, when you're not telling their stories, when you just have them in a book, like so many people have like the Edda and they won't read it or they'll have like a book of folklore and they won't read it. They'll, they'll collect these books and then they'll never even crack them open. And... The thing is, is as long as those stories aren't told by people, not by reading for them from a book, I'm not going to chastise you for reading a book. Right, because but, in the end, that's that's mostly what we have. But the books, the way that they is described to me, to me is it's an immaculate explanation. The books are tombstones and graves. But through the magic of be, uh, the weird of being human, we can make them alive again. Well, and in the absence of the stories of the gods, we've created not replacements, but surrogates. I've brought it up before the concept of surrogate mythology. Like some of the most powerful ghosts that have impacted people's lives profoundly. Like I've already brought up Batman and and the whole superhero genre, which is mostly actually based on our gods, the Mm -hmm. popular ones. Like the Flash is literally what if Hermes was a superhero. Yeah. But you also have Hermes live today. Yeah. That's literally what it is. Conan the Barbarian. How many people, even with the god's awful Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, have taken the Conan the Barbarian medium, the the bad movies, the great, the great stories by Robert E. Howard, the expanded books, the the comics, and been inspired to become strong men, to become strong men, to actually take those lessons, which are fairly heathen, especially with when Howard wrote them. Well, and. Embrace courage Embrace. by understanding fear. You have to understand fear to be brave. Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty of storytelling. That's the beauty of the ability to convey these ideas, whether it's using extremely old figures like the gods, the mythic heroes, historic figures like Arminius or Joan of Arc, but also fictional characters. Because a lot of people will dismiss or deny the importance of the stories because, oh, you put too much stock in fairy tales or something like that. Mm. No, no, no. First of all, they're called wonder tales. Fairy tales is a later name. But number two, of course I put a lot of stock in fairy tales. Everyone does. Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. Well, and if you don't, then you don't, you actually can't value the people. It's the story of a people. The never-ending story. If you cannot value the story of your own people, 
how can you value your people? Well, and answer me that. I well, will wait. Well, and in many ways, one of the benefits of ghosts is also one of their detriments. They can possess you. Yes. But in some but ways, that's not always bad. Either. No, the truth is you being possessed can be a positive depending on how you use it. Like you can be possessed of. Well, and that's the key. How you use it, not how it uses you. Because a lot of people think possession, then I have no choice in the matter. This is false. No, you can be possessed and utilize it. You know, like that whole thing that shows up in fiction every once in a while. Yeah, I have another thing living in me, but I'm still me. And then you kind of come to a, an accord. Yeah. That happens a lot in fiction, not just our fiction. I've seen it a lot in anime. Um, but the, the idea of being friends with a ghost that's in you. And the thing is, the more the more we're able to actually utilize, understand, and appreciate our ghosts, the further we can go. But if we let if we run off with the ghosts, if we're spirited away, then we'll just fade. Mm-hmm. But on the same token, you can't neglect your ghosts. Neglecting your ghosts is to lose so much. To neglect neglect the ghost of Halloween to neglect the ghost of courage the ghost of hope the ghost of let's go big the ghost of your people the ghost of your people the ghost of your family the ghost of Thor or the Dogda or Pan or Vinamoinen or Pakunas or any of these that are of value to us to neglect them is to eventually lose Something so important to us, so big, so profound, well, even if we don't be, notice them. I've heard so many people say, well, I, people just want to be part of something larger than themselves. We all are. You've just been convinced that you're not. You are part of your family. You are part of your friend circle. Your fr- family and friend circle is part of the community. Your community is part of your people. We are all part of something much, much larger than ourselves. And this is described through our ghosts, through our spirits, through our phantasms, and I forgot the other fantastic word. Um, Apparition. Apparitions. This is, this is why you have me. I yes. remember the words. I forget the, I forgot the vocabulary word. I'm, I'm, I'm taking speaking lessons from gibbering Joe Biden. But, um, yeah, it's... And really, that's what this time of year is about. And ultimately, if you chase down all the the holidays, that's what they're all about. With the exception of maybe summer, but even that has elements of it. But the summer holidays are more about the living in the now. Where other holidays are about more strongly about remembering the past. Less so about the living now and and the future. Other... Other holidays, it's future heavy, heavy, but it's also living in the now and the remembering the past. So it's all, which which proportion do we have? I just realized that uh, summer deities have a tendency to be a bit more distant. Not cold, yeah. but a bit more distant. Like, you don't actually tend to interact with them as much. They right. tend to be well, a bit more Well, it's because it's separate. about the living. It's not about them. No. It's not about you. It's about her. Yes. And... and Recently, I read you something, and it was really, really poignant, but it was basically explaining that the idea of ghosts 
not being a thing is a product of the rational of the modern rationale. I don't even want to say the rational mind. I want to say rationale. And it brought up that modern man has our own ghosts. The the modern educated enlightened man. Oh yes. And it has and we call them the laws of physics. We call them the law of gravity. We call them science and technology and stuff like that. And one of the best examples in the book actually did this was Newton's law of gravity. Okay, so no one's going to disagree that gravity exists. We just don't know how it works or why it works or quite what it is. We just kind of see the effect it has. So the law of gravity by Newton, well, yeah, of course. So before mankind existed before anything was alive to experience gravity the law of gravity existed no one was there to name it experience it or see it most people would say yes okay but how because it's past every single rule the scientific method has of non-existence so therefore there's only one real conclusion the law of gravity is a ghost right it's the law of gravity is a ghost Gravity, on the other hand, is something else. Gravity, most likely, I would bet money on it, existed. But not the law of gravity. No, and because that's Because it wasn't thing. quantified yet. Just because we call our ghosts fancy names, it's, it's actually something I get kind of irritated about. It's like when someone starts using the term dimension instead of realm. I'm like, yeah. okay, outside of very specific like physics circles, you're just being pretentious now. It's like the sodium chloride versus salt thing. No, it, it, it's salt. It's freaking salt. You know it's salt. Especially table salt. Yes. It has sodium chloride in it, but it itself is not sodium chloride because there's more stuff to it than just sodium chloride. And eye caking agents and an iodine supplement. Yeah. So it's not as complicated as people are making it. And that's part of the reason I love I love ghosts. I, I love the concept of ghosts. I love hauntings and possessions. And it's one of the reasons I don't actually tend to like a lot of ghost-themed horror movies. Because it actually doesn't make sense with our lore. Ghosts are not negative. They might occasionally be vengeful. Well, but what are they going to do? Like, what, what was that one movie? It was really big in the 80s. Uh, they're here. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. When I watched that, I was not watching our ghosts. I was watching some horror, twisted horror movie of Semite spirits or Native American spirits uh, is what it turned into at the end. But really, it's it, they're Semites. It's yeah. Semite spirits and ghosts. They're not ours. They have nothing to do with us. Well, and here's the other thing is they shouldn't have used the term poltergeist. No. It's a lot like when people use certain terms and they don't quite. Like, there's the common understanding, and then there's the actual understanding. Like, a really good example of this is actually vampires. Mm-hmm. Vampire is actually more accurately referred to as a category than a specific being. Yeah. Because vampire basically just means they absorb life, whether through blood or energy, and not even all of them do that. Like, I think... Well, the, well, many of the oldest ones were portrayed merely as mist and didn't have physical bodies. No, they might absorb energy, but you are you might get lethargic, but you're not going to die. Right. And then you have all these other weird ones, like the like one that stuffs dirt in your mouth in Germany. I forget what it's called, or like the weird moth. It's probably called the dirt stuffing vampire. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a moth in the Earl Mountains that like eats bits of your soul. It's a category, right? 
And uh, as much as I enjoy Dracula, Dracula himself is a ghost. And, well, and we can we can still have fun with these things. Oh no, like, there's it's absolutely fun to get scared. Well, like Vlad Dracula Tepes mm-hmm. was a real person. The Dracula that exists for a while there, it went to the Bella Lugosi mm-hmm. Dracula, like the the pop culture idea of him. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Who does that? <laughs> Um, but increasingly, we've actually walked him back to um, uh, Vlad to Dracula Tepes. Right. Because we know that's who it is. So eventually, we've sort of combined the two. And it's actually interesting in the storytelling that we do with Dracula nowadays. We've sort of recombined him with the original Vlad Dracula Tepes with the myth and legends of Dracula, blah, well, blah, blah. And he's basically weird. treated we've as a deity. something very weird with it very strange where we have both combined these things and completely ripped them apart so that you have Dracula the Vampire and Dracula Vlad Tepish. Both they're the same thing and completely different things. It's it's well it's we understand strange that the... when we look at what we've done with it. And yet it's still co- coherent. Well what we've done is we've taken there's the fictional Dracula like the Bela Lugosi or the uh like eerie comics uh, version of Dracula that that's fictional. And then we've taken and we formed more almost a uh, a deity. We we've I would argue that Vlad Dracula Tepes the man Maybe not worldwide, but especially in Romania, where he's regarded as not just a national hero, but almost a complete mythic figure. Right. Well, and he's, that's a, he's gone through apotheosis. That's what I was going, mm. going to just bring up on this particular character is you can see the slow walk towards uh, the vampire, the old vampire, not the young one. The young ones are usually portrayed as being young and narcissistic and stupid, doing stupid things, getting punished by the older vampires. But the older vampires being heroic and noble, a lot of our current mythology is walking in that direction where they're strong, they're upright, they're powerful, they're in ultimate control of themselves, and so therefore control everything around them. These are like the more popular vampires. Uh, Interview with a vampire. Oh, yeah. And when they're young, they do stupid things. But as they age, then they become The wisdom of the ages. Yeah. Even if they're... Even if they're just wicked as fuck, they still possess a type of nobility. And this is what we're currently doing with them. I wouldn't doubt it if in 50 to 100 years, they just straight become heroes. Oh, yeah. Well, um, that's Feeding one of those on things. the wicked. Granted, this was a and Japanese. Why do I think that? Because we're hyperboreans and that's what we do. Well, you can see it in how we're portraying Dracula. Yes, you have like the horror movies that go full on monster with Dracula. Yeah. But you also have this other element where he's walking himself to a sympathetic hero. Yeah. Or a sympathetic villain, depending on the storyteller. And this is the other thing, is I brought up apotheosis, and a lot of people get kind of iffy with that. I'm always confused by that, because the the Christian god is literally a man who became a god, or a man Mm. who was a god. Depends on which priest you're asking. But... The, we've said it before, it's kind of in the lost media of the early seasons, the concept of we are 
baby gods. Yeah. More or less. And this is part of where the per- term ghost becomes so important in such a gray area. Because like we described, it can mean deities, it can mean spirits, it can mean disembodied souls of the dead visiting or hanging around. It can mean ideas, it can mean memories, it can mean shadows and shades and apparitions and phantasms. And the thing is, is there's another word, and it's not really a word that means ghost, but it has a meaning of a deity, and that's genius, also known as Jedi. I think some people mispronounce not it as genie. to be pronounced as genie. Or yes, genie is a mispronunciation, and the genie that we think of is a combination like an of the jinn and the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But the Jedi are specifically a spirit of place. Like some people will refer to uh, Lucifer or Satan as the the genius of evil to try and kind of figure him out. But it's a spirit of or a deity of a place an idea a concept or a person because like the genius of the emperor was the idea that the emperor was a god in flesh not that he was a god in like it wasn't an incarnation per se it was this man is a god yes and that's the way our people use it there's other peoples who he is he is a god meaning he's an incarnation the way our people do it is no he was born a man, same as you or me, but he is now a god. Incarna- that, that's the way that we do it. Incarnations of gods have a habit of not being noticed. Yeah, It's not that they don't happen. It's that they tend not to be noticed. But the reason I'm bringing up the genius and the apotheosis is how many people throughout history have we called a genius? Mm-hmm. Sir Isaac Newton, uh, Beethoven. There are straight-up art, like 100-year-old pieces I've seen, where they depict Beethoven as like almost a deity. Yeah. Uh, there's the apotheosis of Homer, the apotheosis of the French soldiers. Joan of Arc was a straight-up folk deity for yeah. I don't know how long before the church finally said, Frick it, she's a saint Fine, now. she can be a saint. Napoleon was effectively treated as a demigod hero in the, the folk culture. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different bits and bobs, and these are all, under the same term in English, ghosts. When you call a man a genius or a woman, but genius is typically male, it's not that there's not a female equivalent, it's that I'm forgetting the name, I think it's Juno something. But genius effectively means that man is a god in human form. That person is a god in human form. When you call someone a genius fighter, when you call someone a genius artist, when you call someone a genius doctor, uh, ecologist, whatever, you are saying, whether you know it or not, this person is a god. A god amongst men. And that's, yeah, effectively that's what it is. And all these things are actually related. They're all intertwined, but they're not the same thing. That's one of the things that really bothers me is when people are like, uh-huh, a ghost and a phantasm are the same thing. No. It's like saying all flowers are roses. We know this isn't true, but a rose is a flower. Well, and that's kind of the issue. It's like I said when we kind of started. It's not just this or that. And to kind of end where we began, you end up in the situation of souls. Mm-hmm. So I've brought up that the concept that ghosts are irrational is itself an irrational concept. Mm-hmm. Let's say that people have souls. That's typically something most pagans, I myself, do believe. The idea that it's irrational to assume, therefore, the mountain has a soul. The mountain's far older than you or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the river 
has a soul or a, or various ghosts well, and really around what's the difference between a spirit and a soul very little yes and this irrationality that there's a ghost of fire or there's a ghost of the rock when we know that like for instance things that are extremely disparate from our concept like mold uh mollusks trees are conscious they they interact with each other they make decisions from our perspective uh, they're alien they're something else entirely mm -hmm. so knowing that these things observing that these things will actually take care of each other that the these oh things... and now we're starting to touch into animism which is another topic eventually i hope that we really well we've been talking about animism the whole time well, well yes mm. every but, episode really yes but but i mean specifically that but we are out of time i know so that's why i interrupted so uh yeah, I'm hoping to see you guys, what, next week, I think it is? And I'm not uh, sure if this the, is coming out uh, the, the just week before after. Halloween. Uh, this is coming out the week after? I don't the, know. No, this is coming the week out before, then we're taking a week off for Halloween. Remember? Right. Uh, well, from the, the broadcasting part, yes. All right. And I'm horrible with dates. But anyways, I hope everybody has a, a good Halloween. Um, and, yeah, enjoy yourself. And I'll just say... With a simple question, do you believe in ghosts?